It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Gary, Denise, make sure, ladies and gentlemen, do not tinkle in the woods. You may <laughs> no. get attacked. Appalachian yeah. Tales of Terror. My phone did not quit blowing up. <laughs> but uh, welcome, everybody. So I missed that. Is, so what, uh, so yeah. what happened? Somebody, somebody's peeing in the woods? Well, yeah. I'll let Barb tell it. Um, what happened, Barb? I didn't hear. I mean, it's like I hate to... Okay, the previous guest, I, she just was misled. I hate to talk. You know, I mean, she, her dad told her that um, it's good to when you're searching for Bigfoot that you should um, leave some DNA behind. And the way to do that is to pee in the woods. And so they always, that's what they do. So I was like, ooh. I don't it hasn't helped me any at all. I haven't found them. <laughs> Only on our shows, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So Mike is spending the night with his uh, wife. So happy birthday to his yes. wife. Yes, happy birthday. So we got a uh, guest tonight. We are correct. Hey, oh, Chio Rio Sounds. I can't even say it right. You all got me <laughs> laughing about DNA. So uh, we have Dan. Welcome, Dan. Come on in. Hi. Doing very well. Thank you. So tell us all about yourself. Well, not much to tell about me. I'm a retired uh, steel worker, steel mills, shipyards, that kind of thing, and uh, farmer. Done that all my life and uh, live out in the country about a half a mile from the levee that uh, goes along the Mississippi River here in southeast Missouri and uh, hunt fish and carry on as we country boys do. They do survive. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We try. Yeah, I know how to run catfish and from dusk to dawn. Absolutely. Wow. So how'd you get into this Bigfoot world? Well, it, it was uh very much uh by surprise to say the least. Um you want, you wanna go ahead and start that part of it? Yeah, take us yeah. down that path. Okay, well, this was back in uh, 1988, 1989, and of course, I'd been hunting and fishing since I was a young man, and uh, here I am in my, it was in my late 20s at the time, was uh, bow hunting back on one of our typical areas along the Mississippi River, quite secluded in that uh, recently the conservation department had come in and closed off and gated a lot of areas where they became walk-ins to where we were accustomed to driving in. Mm -hmm. So at that point it became a mile walk back to the river and the area I decided to hunt for this particular year of archery season, which was October time I was hunting there, I was going about, about a half mile from the parking area nice little hike but anyway i got in there got on the stand and i would hunt from before daylight in the morning till 10 11 o'clock come down go out for lunch hang around for a while go back around to stay till dusk just thereafter you know when it got so dark you couldn't see 
And uh, one particular day, I was sitting on top on the stand, which was uh, a ten-foot ladder stand. So I'm sitting on it, which gave my feet two more uh, two more feet below my knees, give or take, to the next rung down. That's where my heels rested. And as the woods became so dark, you couldn't hardly see. You could see silhouettes. You know, even if a deer had been coming through there, I could see was silhouette. So all of a sudden, out of my peripheral vision, I caught a movement 50, 75 yards away from me, barely, barely seeable at all. And it appeared to be another hunter stealthily moving his way toward me along this game trail. And uh, as it came closer and closer and closer, I thought, well, this guy's bound to see me before long. And, uh, you know, probably one of my guys, there was only about four of us hunted in that area. So kept sitting and watching. Still the same trajectory, right straight toward me. It came to the bottom of my stand within four feet of the bottom of this ladder stand and stopped. So I'm thinking, I'm still thinking it's a guy, maybe a guy in a ghillie suit or something, because all I, all I could see was maybe leaf cut camo and maybe a hoodie pulled over and, uh, you know, a little bit of a conical head and a shape, but I could see the hands. So I could see, I could see enough that I knew that there was no bow in the way that the hands were placed. And I thought that's pretty odd because back at that point in time, we didn't we didn't carry handguns in the field and weren't worried a lot about personal security at that and just never thought any more about it so very quietly i said hey have you had any luck and with the guy standing two feet or a foot or so below my feet a few feet below my sitting place any person could have heard me very well enough, but this uh, particular being just turned its whole body toward the stand, never looked up, but it, it, it kind of shrugged a little bit before it made any move when I first made the vocal to my vocal and it turned to the right, turned away from me to its right, and stealthily walked back in the same tracks that it came from. And it just moved off into the darkness, never to be seen or heard from again. I thought that was weird. That was very weird because this is a big, long peninsula of about three miles that goes back into nothing but the river's edge on one side in an old muddy slough which is waist deep in mud on the other side. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a guy up there with a boat and he's just, you know, didn't want to mess me up. So he's moving on back to his boat. Mm -hmm. Never any, never any words, never any noise, vocalizations whatsoever, but it was just appeared to be somewhere between six to seven feet high or tall in relation to where my feet were. And of course, again, with the darkness, I couldn't see any facial features or anything else other than its hands were wide apart. I couldn't see any firearms or a bow in the hand at all. 
and just moved away. So I sat there kind of gathering myself and I started getting a little bit spooked about it. But I thought, ah, oh, well, it's just another guy. How big was so the body? About three feet at the shoulders. It was uh, it, it was a it was a big guy, you know, for for let's say it was six feet tall. It was probably three three hundred and fifty pounds, my best guess. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I'm not too afraid of that. You know, I'm mean, I'm a young guy. And I don't I don't mind if a guy was to start wanting to start some trouble. I wouldn't mind defending myself and, and trying to take care of matters, but I don't know what that is. I'm not getting off the stand. He's not bothered me. So there's no point in, in being upset about it. He, he moved away quietly. So it's too late to hunt now time to get down anyway. So I sat there until it completely moved out of sight. Then I gathered my things and started and got off the stand. But I was, I was climbing down the stand a very, very, very loud barred owl sound came from the ground right behind me. Wow. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in about a two foot diameter tree against a two foot diameter tree. And I, so I could tell this was down below me, but down from the ground, which sounded right behind me was just, whoo, 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 whoo. Oh, wow. So that There's unnerved me a one. little bit. There's more than one. I had, I had heard, well, shortly before that, though, it, I had had an owl come down an old, oh, gosh, this, this road may have dated back to the 30s or something of that nature. So it was an old, dim logging road or access road to the river from back in the day. So it was all grown over and all that. But an owl came over down through the trees past me earlier that day. So... I still kind of wrote it off to, well, that owl must have landed on the ground, even though I don't think owls normally land on the ground. Not for much. So yeah. <laughs> I let that go, but I still gathered my things, got on out. The woods were dark, but luckily out in the, the bean field, I was able to walk to about 100 yards away to get back to the truck. The beans had been cut over already, so it was clean. And 200 yards across it, there was a, a decent dirt road out there. So I knew I said, well, I'll just, I'll just walk straight across that directly to the smooth road and it'll shine well enough the moonlight. I can see my way back to the truck. That's what I did. But as I did, once I cleared the woods and all the brush, I had a pocket knife and arrows with me. I pulled an arrow out of the quiver and had it in my hand, I had a pocket knife in the other hand. But there's still nothing around. I look around as I'm walking, nothing there. So closer to the truck I got, the more brave I felt. As I got to the truck, there's no other vehicles there. And again, there's a a big muddy slough that I had to cross on, on a culvert. I get to my truck, there's no other vehicles parked there. Hmm. I drive down toward the levee and all the parking spots where there were beaver dams to cross and that kind of thing. There was nothing there, no vehicles. So I thought, well, okay, there's a, a boat ramp about two miles down the road. I'll go, I'll go see if one of the other guys may have gone in there. I go down the boat ramp. There's no vehicles parked there. So that's when I got a little disturbed about what I'd actually seen. I thought, well, was that possibly 
and uh, a Bigfoot or some other being, someone ancestors from the past moving around back there still, because that that area was uh, the original Gayoso, which was the county seat of Pemiscot County back in the early 1900s, which the river had eventually washed in and was no longer. So then I, I got to start thinking of the paranormal end of things. Was, was that just another lost soul back there walking around? Or did I see a Bigfoot or was it another hunter? So by the time I'd seen all those parking places, I pretty well marked off all those boxes that couldn't have been that because the river side of it was all revetment and uh, riprap, the, the rock. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, current was so strong that I couldn't see anyone landing a boat on the river side of that and risking it while they were hunting. Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty well all of that. Uh, never saw anything, never heard of anyone back there hunting. Even asked one of my friends, I said, you know, where I was walking in, there was quite a wide footpath up to the edge of the woods mm-hmm. where I was going in. I said, have you been parking your ATV in there and then walking on back to the river? I said, no, no, I've not parked there at all. Okay, well, where I'm going in, there's a pretty wide path into the woods there. I just felt like it was a good place for me to stop, and I've always liked hunting that area because there was a little bit of a rise. So I put my back to the briar patch and all that, and had a tree to my back and a little tree to the side, and I was hunting face into the wind, you know, as anyone would do, and I, I just I never saw any deer. And I have a feeling that with the wind being as it was, whatever came up on me did win me in any way and didn't have any malevolent feelings toward me because they never, never made any move like they were, they were going to try to attack me or it was, like, it was more like I startled it more than anything else. Uh-huh. But the hoot, the hoot behind me, probably startled me as much as anything because the first thing I thought was owls don't sound that loud mm-hmm. and they're typically not on the ground because mm-hmm. whatever hooted came from behind me on the ground. Mm-hmm. So when you so made a verbalization towards the object or person, whatever, you made a statement that the upper body turned and not the head. Yes. How big was the head on it? Maybe, maybe, maybe a foot, maybe a foot wide. It was quite large. It was quite a, quite a large head. I mean, what's our head? 10 inches, maybe. And uh, a little bit larger than a regular guy's head. But the thing was, it, it looked like that it had a conical shape to it. And I just assumed that that was probably a hoodie. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't too familiar with the ghillie suits and all that, but I thought, you know, whatever this guy's got on, he, he's really doing it well with, with the camouflage, but I couldn't see the face, couldn't see anything else with body features other than the arms being out by its side. And they were walking like, like a bodybuilder might. Mm-hmm. With the, There was a, some definition between each arm and the armpits and the body 
-hmm. and it was kind of just walking slowly mm -hmm. with each Man, arm swinging slowly. That'd have been something if you when you asked him if he had any luck and he looked up at you. And, oh, I, I have now. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't rip the ladder well, stand from the tree. I I well, was I was so surprised that 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 it never looked up at me yeah. when I made the vocalization that that it, but it was more like that it was startled. Yeah. It was like you know if I I know I've I've walked up on people before and the first thing that happened to me was I probably made some real body movements and that you know oh crap you scared the heck out of me at that point mm -hmm. and uh i'd have probably looked up and apologized for walking yeah. up on them but that's that usually how happen. hunters do it though right you, you say hey sorry exactly. you know you're hunting sorry yeah. we'll leave you know absolutely I mean, that's usually how it goes yeah that's interesting. yeah so uh, so somebody asked about bigfoot so yeah the necks are supposedly so big and attached to the body, there's usually no neck visible that they have to move their upper body to look. Right. And that's yeah, what exactly. he's stating. Yeah. That it's well, not like a human where they would turn their head to look. They, they, they've got it. such large trap muscles yeah, that it almost trap, seems yeah. like they don't have a neck, but they're uh -huh. just yeah, full of yeah, absolutely. I likened it. I likened it to someone wearing shoulder pads, and mm -hmm. that there was my, there's no death. It was like a, a straight shot on that like the trapezius and all that it, they were just like straight down from the ears down there was it was just an angle mm -hmm. and with that movement it was like there was it was there was none of that there was no neck movement at all but the total body turned directly toward the stand but the, the first when i first spoke it kind of jerked a little bit it took its head down away from me and that's when it made the move with the upper body toward the stand but again it never it never appeared to look up i mean it could have it could have rolled its eyes up and may not known it mm -hmm. but uh I, di I didn't see anything else from that it was all silhouette and then as it left it was just 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 straight back you know perpendicular to me it was not I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it peeked up at you <laughs> yeah but it was it, it was it was coming across a really well worn game trail across through there so, you know, I take it whether it was a, a hunter, Bigfoot, whatever the case would be, it as well as I do where the animals have been traveling and it was just going in that same area doing its thing. And why was you in the woods that late? Well, that's where I like to stay. I, yeah, I could see, even though I, it may be past oh, shooting God, hours. Please, God, I, I still got a little light. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, please let me shoot something. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it, it was it was so late that I couldn't have told if it had been a deer. I couldn't have seen oh, whether it had antlers or not. Yeah, I know, but we would have tried. <laughs> I know. I used to be a hunter. Trust me. Just I got I got five more minutes, four more minutes. Okay, yeah. I can probably, I can probably. I've yeah. been there, Dan. Yeah. I know. Dan, you had mentioned um, that you thought of that it could be a Bigfoot. Is that what you yeah. said? Um, and had you heard of Bigfoot in that area? Had you, have you heard? Oh, sir. Oh, sir. Certainly. Oh, From okay. back, you know, and I think like, like anyone else we've ever talked with, I think it all started back in 68 or so with the Patterson Gamletville mm -hmm. films and all that. And, uh, that, and of course my dad was really big into hunting and got, of course, took me into it as well. Thankful mm -hmm. for that. And, 
we had we had always gone up into the uh, southeast Ozarks to deer hunt. Okay. And you know, I was fortunate enough that by the time I got into my early age of adulthood, I I was able to hunt there at home because we've got it right here. We've got a, a nice deer population here now. So back in the 60s and 70s, we didn't have that here, nor did we have as much wood cover. So would it be fair to say in front of a, a judge, if we were in testimony, that if you would have saw a vehicle at a boat ramp, we would be having this conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you. you were trying to prove yourself. you It's not mm -hmm. what you think it was. You were trying oh, to prove yeah. yourself. Right. Uh, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. absolutely well, you, you did the right thing you know you try to eliminate all you check off all the boxes right right uh, I, I think the weirdest thing to me is the vocalization and lack of response because even if you were somebody in a ghillie suit standing down there and you just interrupted oh, i've been like what the hell's wrong with you you scared the hell out of me <laughs> what, what, one yeah you'd be yelling at him but because b the ghillie hunter, suit guy the ghillie suit guy should have been saying hey don't shoot me yeah 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 well, in that there, in that back at that time, there were very few bow hunters down this area. Well, so, bow hunters, Dan, uh, usually will whistle to each other. Sure. See, thank you, Chris. Chris is not a hunter, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we don't holler at each other. We whistle. That way, if you're right. in a tree stand and I'm walking, don't shoot me. I'll whistle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, even though during gun season we wear orange, but when you're bow hunting or muzzle loading, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. Right. But yeah. That way you don't get jumped, like Chris was saying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when a guy gets up up close and personal to you like that, uh, well, myself, when I get up that close, I say something very softly to him. Oh, yeah. I've been out in the woods and I heard somebody let go of gas, and I'd be like, "What the hell?" Oh my! <laughs> He's like, "I didn't see you down there." And I'm like, oh my! I'm moving. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That actually that happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, especially when you're down on a ravine and it's like echoes, you know. Uh, anyway. Well, you know, I had been in there in that area many, many times throughout my life and hunted and walked it out, stayed in there all day and hiked so far back that I had taken a nap in the afternoon out in the middle of the woods. Had never been, had never seen anything else, had no worries of it, of anything. You know, fox, coyote, any, anything like that. I wasn't worried with, with anything. And still, even after having had that incident, it still doesn't bother me to go out there because I think that my only, my opinion is that the time that they would be moving is during the twilight hours. What, uh, you know, the special time in the morning in the night when you're sitting there and it's like a flip switch or switch flips in the day or, or morning or night, either one that you all of a sudden go from having night sounds to all of a sudden a cool breeze comes over your shoulder and the sun starts coming up and the wind starts picking up. And in the evening, it's kind of the same thing. The wind starts dying down. The day sounds start going away and the night sounds start coming in. The owls start hooting at a distance and all that kind of thing. And that's just the time of day it was. But any other time I'd been back there, I'd, I'd, 
I had no no issue with being there or worrying about anything, and haven't had since. And I, I'm, I'm still not I'm still not worried about being there. No, but how many times have you heard something to be like, is it? Oh yeah, much many more questions now than ever before. Did you have any other experiences um, after that, or? Well, say- yeah, I, I could let me we'll back up and then if you okay. like, I can go okay. chronologically with with a few. Sure. And uh, what kind of started some of this, or a lot, what started a lot of this off was back in uh, 1968. My dad, two of his friends, were up in our deer hunting area up in southeast Ozark. They'd gone up in October. Yeah, it was October because it was still fairly warm out during the days and cool at night. They'd gone up with a camper shell on the back of their truck, gone on to a dead end road, just scouting for where they were going to hunt squirrels the next day. They knew where our deer camp was probably going to be. So they hunted this, they were going to hunt this other area the next morning. So knowing they weren't going to stay there all weekend, they were going to be scouting around. They didn't unpack everything and make a big camp and all that kind of thing. They just got up or got there, set up, had their dinner, never got out ladders, anything else. Just climbed, two, two of the guys climbed up in the, in the uh, camper shell, and one of the guys took a cot and put out on the ground near the truck. In the middle of the night, my dad's friend sleeping next to him starts hollering dad's name saying help me he's got me help me help me get the gun he's got me oh oh my gosh so well they don't know if our the other friend is playing a joke on them or what's going on but he could tell his friend was in distress so he kicks out of his sleeping bag and you know a grown man kicking out of a zipped up sleeping bag that that takes a little force but he said they they were so scared that that's what happened they had their flashlights right uh, shotguns everything else under this bunk they weren't prepared for the darkness and that there was a little bit of a moon that night and they knew if any any of them need to get up during the night they could still still see well enough to move around Mm -hmm. well as this all starts going along Dad, all he could do is kick out and reach over toward his friend and grab some something or someone by the shoulders, trying to pull it off of his friend. Are you telling me it's a Bigfoot? I'm not telling you it's anything. I'm just saying something got in there on them. I am and, not going camping now. Forget LBL. And, I'm done. No. He said all he all he could feel was something relatively man-sized oh with hairy shoulders. He said, I'm not talking about man-type hair. He uh-huh. said, I'm talking about something with hairy shoulders. It wasn't a bear. Didn't feel like a bear. He said, I you know, not he had never wrestled a bear, but he said it does not it did not feel like a bear. It was pitch black inside that camper shell, but he's got it by the shoulders and the hair and the fight comes over on top of him. Now this thing's not, it's not making noise. It's not pawing and kicking or growling and trying to bite at him or anything, but he's balled up and he finally gets his feet 
back. Well, he's got his, his, he still got him by the shoulders and he's kicking, kicking it in the gut, trying to get it out. And he finally gets his legs up far enough. They gets his feet on the chest and kicks and pushes. And this thing goes out. And he said, I don't know if it landed on its back or anything. We heard a thud on the ground, but it wasn't like that someone lost their breath or anything else. It just was silent. You heard that thump to the ground, no foot, no, no, no footsteps running away, nothing like that. And that, that was all of it. Well, the friend outside, the third guy, we're, we're all thinking, you know, okay, the third guy, what's, what's going on with him? Well, all three of these guys, well, two, two of them had been in the Korean War, and the other two were both military as well. So they'd had some training, you know, in their 10 years, uh, 15 years before. Mm-hmm. And they weren't worried about getting out in the woods and camping in the dark and all that kind of thing. But the other guy... He said that once they started hollering, once the friends started hollering, get the gun, he said, the only thing thing I could think for self-preservation was get out of the cot, get on the ground, prone, as low as I could get, in case any gunfire starts going off. He said, I could hear that there was some kind of ruckus going on in the camper. So he just stayed down until everything quieted down. He never saw anything except for hearing, or I didn't see anything, but never any indication of anything other than what he heard from going on inside. When this is all over, the friend who first got attacked has got, he has evacuated. He left the fight and, and jumped up or climbed his way up on top of the camper shell. And that's where he stayed till this was all over. So dad was left there to his own means to get through that. So that's pretty much it until it got light enough the next morning they could see around a little bit and they evacuated that area and moved on about 10 miles to our normal hunting spot. Yeah. And started scouting around there. I'll help you, Grizzly. Yeah. Grizzly sleeping with one eye open. Uh uh. Yeah. (laughs) Did they say it was greasy at all? Yeah. Or filming? No didn't didn't say he said it just felt like it just felt like hair he didn't have any smell didn't have any obnoxious smell mm-hmm. nothing of that nature to go along with but uh only that it was hair hair was beyond friend- what yeah. yeah i was gonna ask was his friend injured was anybody injured no not at all okay you know, dad, dad's forearms and, and such, they were, he had a few bruises on that, but I mean, I, I'm not sure it was, I don't think yeah. it was from any, any mm-hmm. attack type mode. And, you know, I just have to wonder if that was incidental. It may have been a, a juvenile or something coming in there, just not knowing and snooping around. Uh huh. Denise, think. they did not get a tape measure out and measure the damn thing. Denise, they don't know how tall it was. <laughs> this in the middle of the night in the dark, somebody screaming, help, and they got me. You know, no, I mean, one could have been looking for running. goodies. Could have been looking yeah, for goodies a, and gra- grabbed a person's foot, didn't no, realize it. And, uh, yeah, and, and it went downhill from there. Yeah. Wow. And through the years of camp, through the years of campfires and such, you know, the story was told many times. Uh, I never related my story to anyone through through all the years of us hunting, but 
simply because I didn't want them to think I was crazy down, you know, back here at home and all that, since we didn't have many deer at all and something like that going on. But it, but it, it definitely happened. But there, you know, the next day they, they never thought to look for footprints or anything of that nature. They were just ready to get out of there and evacuate. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now that, that brings me to the, the last segment of our experiences there, which that was, uh, that was 68. Then in, uh, 82, we were all about 10 miles away at our typical deer camp. My dad and I had been hunting, hunting off of a, a side of the road that most, well, none of us had hunted before. We'd always hunted on the higher side of the road, and Dad and I decided to go off in the valley, which is a very, very long walk, mile and a half or two miles down, down a long ridge. And Dad said, well, he was down there setting our stands up that week before, the week before hunting season, that he said, I think I'm hearing trees being pushed down or limbs breaking and that kind of thing. And he said, when I'm going in the mornings down there, I'm hearing rocks roll. Hmm. We thought that was very strange, but he said it could be bears because there had been back in the sixties and seventies, there had been reports of black bear there in that County. So we thought, well, okay. But you know, all of us are, we're all carrying 308s and 30 out sixes and all that. We're not too much worried about anything we can see, you know, as long as we can get a reasonable distance you know, with the shot to you know, prepare ourselves, protect ourselves from anything. But uh, anyway, we hunted off in there and I never heard any of those breaks or anything, but dad, dad did several times. Mm-hmm. So we we continued to hunt there for several years, but during that, that first time when uh, dad was talking about having heard those breaks and all, when we first got into it, mm-hmm. He said, uh, we were sitting up around the fire one night. Of course, he told his story of, of being attacked and got through all that. And it was just ironic that at the end of his story, there's probably eight of us in camp. We're all huddled up around the fire because it's cold. At the end of his story of that attack in 68, the loudest vocalization of any kind I've ever heard in the woods came from just beyond our trailers. And we were sitting within 10, 15 yards of the trailers with the fire because we were using them for a windbreak. But this thing started up and first off, it sounded like, it sounded like a mountain lion. But then the vocalization went really high into a scream and then way down through the range of vocalizations to a really guttural growl. When I was speaking with Mike about it, I told him it was like a baritone. It went from like a soprano to a baritone. And then once it got down that low, it was just like, like that, that, lo- that really low tone. I don't know if it was considered in- infrasound or what have you, but it was so low that it just kind of rattled your body. And uh, it was very unnerving. Wow. Well, we're all sitting there with all of our rifles in, in, the, in the campers and all that. And my, my sons were eight, and nine years old at the time. And one of them, well, they're both sitting beside me. One got up 
slowly. He walked over to the trailer, got my rifle out, carried it over by the barrel, sat it beside me and leaned it over to me. He said, here, I think we may need this. <laughs> so that happened. But before, down in that deep valley that we were hunting, the coyotes were very loud and very vocal. Now, this thing came, this was, that was the north side of the road, due north of us. This vocalization came from west of us, just beyond the trailer on our side of the road. And as loud as it was, I don't know how far, but I'm guessing it probably had to be within 30 or 40 yards of us. It was so loud that it really got to us all. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. One member of our crew was in his 70s, I guess it was, by that time. He had actually worked for the Civilian Conservation Corps back in the 30s and cleared those, those, uh, a lot of those roads up in that county. Gotten lost one time and had to build a big fire during the night because he was lost. They knew if he built a fire big enough that when the search party came out looking for him, that they'd find him by, by the light of his fire or the smoke. But he said during that night, he just kept putting more and more wood on, keeping the, the blaze going. And he said, he saw, I saw raccoons, uh, coyotes. He said, you name it. Think everything out there in the woods came to my fire. He said, but there were eyes out there that I don't know what they were because they were too high off the ground to be what I would think it was, but I don't know if they were in the trees or how big they were or what it was. He said, but I really think it must have been some of those woolly boogers. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so our joke around the camp every morning from him was that all of us that would get up and go out before daylight, we all have good luck. This was Mr. Gun, Mr. Gun was his name, G-U-N. And, uh, his thing to each one of us young guys that was hit, hitting the woods every morning, he said, well, don't, don't stick a stick in your eyes. You're walking through the woods, but more so watch out for the woolly boogers. Mm, wow. And laugh. And he would just laugh. He would try <laughs> to put a little fear. I don't know if he's trying to put fear into us or just warn us for what really might be there. Wow. Uh, we, we, we never had any, never had any sightings or anything else. Just that, that vocalization right there near us. No. Mm. Wow. So when you I said, really, when you, I'm sorry, when you said in the beginning about, well, you know, back in 1968, and I'm thinking you're referring to the Patterson Gimlin film, but you're talking about actual, like that. Oh, happened. yeah. You're, absolutely. Oh absolutely. Yeah, your camper wow. would have been like Swiss cheese. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but you know, you're, we, you're, we, you're all primed up for LV, LVL. That's that, what you're doing. I'm worried now. You know what my mother <laughs> said the other day? Uh -uh. She's like, son, do you know the people you're going with? I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> they may yeah, murder I'm me. I'm like, why in the world would you say that? You got more things to worry about. And I'm like, why would you say that? And I hope she's watching the show right now. She asked me, <laughs> yeah. she's like, what shows you got tonight? <laughs> So, Aww. yeah, Dan, Brian wants to know, do you feel that the vocalization like a concert, the, did you feel a vibration off of it? 
on, only when it got down into the lower tone early in the, in the initial point of it, it sounded like a mountain lion was standing out there very close to us and just vocalizing. It was just one of those things where it just sent chills down our spines. At the end of it, it was kind of like it. Well, it was very much just a bone rattling growl. Wow. I mean, it, it didn't get down to like growling like a dog. It was just like some mono, well, not monotone, because it changed in its its range. It, it just went from peaked out to very descending, and then once it got down low. Just kind of like it just stayed there and droned for a little bit. And it was, yeah, it, it very much penetrated each and every one of us. All right. So I'm, I'm going to be frank with you. We're all adults without using any profanity. What was going through your all's minds at that time? Exactly what you're thinking that we probably yeah. don't need to be talking about. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. the okay. heck was I, I mean, that? Yeah. Because you're, you're just sitting here like, yeah, we're okay. We're good. We got our rifles and shotguns with four wheel drives. And Jim Bean and Coke, yeah, no, hell no. Well, that we didn't we didn't have any of that. I mean, we we had a, a we had a dry camp for that part of it, I and mean, none, none of these guys drank. And, and yeah, I know dry. y'all wish you didn't have a dry yeah, camp. After that. Well, I did. I wish I had one at that point. I know, right? But uh, I mean, I cannot just sit there being out in the middle of the woods hearing this. And y'all just sitting there and be like, oh, we're cool. We're all yeah. right. Yeah. Sipping coffee. You hear that? Yep. You hear that? Yep. Wow. That's well, the wolf wolf. No big deal. Here, go get the gun. <laughs> none, none of us were jumping up going into the woods before daylight the next morning. I'll tell you that. Oh, hey, no, it's time to go. It's time to pack up and leave. So I got to <laughs> ask, if y'all had to use the restroom, did y'all go in pairs? No. <laughs> no, we didn't. Right. No. Did no, you all we, we, for each other? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, if anybody's gone very long, we didn't have to go look for anyone because no one was going to stay any longer out there than they needed to. And there's no saying about going out and then going too close to camp. But anyway, yes, I, I'm there sure is. there were yeah, some of us that probably went closer to camp than what we should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's wild. I just, well, I mean, cause everybody's sitting there like, he is just like, so cool. I'm like, no, it's not. They were like no. very frantic, ladies and gentlemen. They're, he's just being yeah. cool. I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, uh, uh, it was very unnerving. So, you know, and and actually, after that, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say after that, we had hunted that area. And other areas within the five mile radius of that, never had any other experiences. I saw mountain lions out there, never saw any bear, but I had a, a pair of mountain lions just down the ridge from me one one morning. You know, they they never sounded off. They were just out there hunting, doing their thing, and walked around up the next ridge away from me, and never even paid any attention to me being there. And that's the point I was going to make is that. I was going to ask you, was there any more encounters? Because usually with that type of encounters that you have, they move to another location away from uh, humanity yeah. or humans. So right. it's interesting. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. But we were at that point where the encounter, that last vocalization took place and where dad and his friends had their encounter. They were closer to the uh, current river 
than where our camp wound up being for the next 15, 20 years. We moved across a highway and probably eight miles back in the woods there on a, on a old log road back in the woods. And we stayed secluded all the time. And we never had any issues with anything at all. Wow. Mm. But it never, it never took away those experiences and us thinking about it. Mm -hmm. no, sure. Right. No, I'm not going crazy. hunting with you. That would stay in your mind for sure. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I never, I never sat around a fire any longer without having some kind of uh, protection with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. on my oh, LBL boogers. trip, I actually got fire starter logs and <laughs> <laughs> that burned for six hours. <laughs> I love that. Oh, we, we never had a dark camp afterwards. After that, that took mm -hmm. place with us. We always carried a battery and a string of lights. And we already, put just in string of lights already bulbs. came. I'm ordering a special generator to take with me so I have power at night. <laughs> I already got all this planned. They think I, they have no idea how I'm rolling. Yes. You can just take a, a, well, we always use just a regular car truck battery back in those days. But to get one of those uh, marine deep cycle, uh, uh, deep cycle marine battery, they'll really last a long time with a string of lights. And you're going to have your in every direction, aren't you? Yeah, I'll see Sue, Kyle Smith. You're all laughing. I'm rolling deep. <laughs> He's yeah. going to be glamping, I said. <laughs> He's going to have floodlights in every direction, lighting up like a like a football stadium. Hey, where you go to the bathroom, it's going to be lit up like a, a trail. Grizz, <laughs> I, I love your idea. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know. I know. From you're people on... like you and the stories I hear. And No, uh-uh. I know what to I know. <laughs> So, and it's cost me $2,600. I'll tell you straight up front how much I'm spending. What an expensive camping trip. So, yeah, it is. Uh, yes. Oh, no. the, I'm telling you straight up, it is. I just yeah. ordered more stuff. I was like, okay, Dean's telling me this. I'm ordering. Oh, I just ordered some more dishes. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Blazer said airplanes are going to be circling to land. So, I mean, wait. <laughs> so they had these light bulbs on a string of lights, like you were talking about. You know those old-fashioned light bulbs? They had mm -hmm. them on sale at Amazon, 50 foot of them. Uh, 50 foot yeah. string for like, it was 60 some bucks, 40% off. And I was like, oh, hell, there's a hundred foot right there, two orders. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you put a good battery on that, that'll last a weekend. I mean, oh, hell, I'm going generator. I ain't using batteries. <laughs> nope. I'm taking extra gas. I, I am going prepared. Because everybody's going to be like, Grizzly, can I charge my phone? Grizzly, can I plug in? I'm taking extra cords. I'm taking extra plug-ins. I, man, I've got it. I'm telling you. That's a great idea. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, you know, our, our fire pits in all of our camps, our, especially the ones that, that uh, in the latter years, our fire pits, we'd been there so many years, they were, we were able to build them really big and deep and safe. And we always had a wind block of wood and a tarp, whichever way the wind was blowing to keep that knocked off from us. So we had a glow from the fire most all night. You know, of course, by the midnight or the middle of the night, maybe two or three o'clock, it was probably starting to dim down. But there was still enough coals in there from a weekend fire to have uh, a nice glow from that. But that wasn't quite enough for us. We wanted just a little bit lighter. 
Yes, sir. I invite solar lights too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did. Yeah. I'm put yeah. We were, we were able to we were able to get out and move around between the trailers and all that without having to have a flashlight or anything. So it, it wasn't like being on Broadway, but it was lit up well enough that we were comfortable. Man, I got headlamps. I got one off Amazon, one hundred thirty nine ninety nine on sale. Good. Twenty five hundred aluminums, and it goes red too. I mean, you ought to see the bean. 200 yards is like, I'm oh, yeah. ready. So <laughs> I'm just telling you. Anyways, but, you know, I mean, you hear these encounters, right? And you talk to certain people, uh, the ones that don't come forward that have these encounters that people allegedly gets attacked or fights these. And it happens. It doesn't get talked about because it's very far in between. And if it does happen, right. nobody speaks about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. I'm telling you, wow. that's my luck, Dan. I'm going to go oh, down yeah. there. And uh, we had one guy on the show where one sat on his tent and he got a knife out. I just oh, my. Crucifix. And he was like, I was going to poke it because I thought it was Whoa. a human. And I'm oh, like, what'd you do? He said, I squeezed it. And I'm like, you did what? He said, I, I squeezed his butt. it. Yeah. He said it was like a rock. And I was like, oh, shut the front door. He said it was huge. He said it went. Brr. And I'm like, oh, you my. did? He, he said, I sure did. He said, I'm the only human being that squeezed a Bigfoot butt. I was like, Get out of here. I'm like, I'm like are you punking me out? He said, Might no, be a private parts. Who knows? <laughs> he said it was like well, a rock. You know, back in you know, back in the 80, 80s time, this, this was a, even after the experience with the vocalization. Another friend and myself went up, and we only had a two-man, the old military-style pup tent. That's all we had. Just the two of us went up deer hunting, and a little different area. But we pitched that tent. We had a campfire. We used logs for stools. I mean, we went very low budget and low carry. And, we, and the truck was right there with us. But anyway, we get in there to lay down that night. All I had was a rifle. My friend had a rifle and he had a 45 as well. But when it got really dark and the woods really came, uh, I wouldn't say calm down, but when the woods really came alive, <laughs> the coyote, the coyotes started coming in and we had, of course we had flashlights. So once we started hearing footsteps around and all that, one of us was going out and shining around and we could see the eyes. We could tell, you know, it was either uh, possums, uh, raccoons, coyotes, and all that thing. They all came up in and around camp. But when they started, when the coyotes started getting too close, my friend wrapped off that 45 a couple of times. And we weren't bothered with them much more that night. And, uh, mm. Just, you know, just from the firing a couple of times in the air. But, uh, I told him, I said, well, that's too much for me I said, to get this 30 out six up out of this little pup tent and you be able to handle that 45. You do all the shooting. If I need to do any backing up, I'll have five rounds in the clip that, you know, take care of that. Dan, your yeah. picture flipped on us. <laughs> You're at an angle now. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. He's taking it. Well, I didn't oh. move anything. Which, that's weird. which way do I need to go? Just flip your phone. It'll, it'll revert back. Yeah, might yeah. There yeah, there so I, I'm right taking now. a I'm taking an AR with me. I'm taking a, a pistol grip shotgun. 
I'm taking a 10 millimeter <laughs> and I'm telling everybody, don't fight, fight prank me. But yeah. I found this stuff and I shouldn't tell this on the air. I found <laughs> it online. This is awful. <laughs> this guy bought this. I don't know what it is, but I'm buying it. And he puts it on trees. And if there's any hogs in the area, they go nuts. And they oh, just yeah. rub their bodies against this tree like it, and they don't stop. So I'm going to put this all over these people's tents. <laughs> <laughs> Bait them out. <laughs> oh, my God. When they're sleeping, I'm going to I'm going to rub it all over, smear all over their tents and let the hogs go. Because everybody tells me there's oh, hogs my down there. Gosh. So, yeah. <laughs> and if you've never seen this, ladies and gentlemen, go out there on YouTube and, and, and figure it out. Because not, the guy just smears it on the bottom of the tree. And these good. hogs come out of nowhere. And they just, like, rub it. Like, rub it. Rub it. So, and instead of deer crack, it's like hog crack instead, huh? I, I have no idea what it is. I was like, I'm getting some. So, hopefully, yeah, the guy's not watching our show. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think some of the but, people are that are going, aren't they? Uh, I'm going to where Crystal and Gary's going to, but not camp. I'm going to go visit them, probably do a show over there. Watch, Watch out, out, Crystal oh, and Gary. Man, that awesome. the neighbors. put it all over there, then leave the area. Oh That's terrible. Grizzly is mean. <laughs> that is mean. <laughs> That's mean. But I don't know what it is, Dan, but it, it's like it's it's black in color, but it's 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 like tar. But it's not, but it's real sick gel. And this guy's like, watch this. And he rubs it all across the tree. And like in 20 minutes, these hogs come out of nowhere and just attack called, the tree. I think it's called pig out. No, that, that is that what it is? It, it's it's funnier than hell. I was like, I'm getting some when I go down. Grizzly, well, you're going to have to roll over yourself. And then you're going yeah. <laughs> to, they're going to come after uh, you. Pig out, hog attractant. Is that what it is? Yeah. Jeez. So it, it's not liquid. It's it's a gel. Because I was yeah, like, man, because at first one. I thought it was liquid. I was like, I'll just get a, a squirt gun and just walk by people's tents and. <laughs> anyways, oh bait so, the neighbors. <laughs> just so you know, there's a lot of hog repellent too. So Gary and Crystal, you might want to get some of that repellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, Dan, you're a hunter. How many times that. have you put yourself with doe urine, buck and heat? Whatever. Oh, many, wood, many, right? many times. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I, this is this is awful. A guy up in uh, Prospect uh, spilt a bottle of that attractant on him out in the on the woods, and uh, he made the news. Uh, he got attacked by a buck, and he brought a brand right. new thirty on six. And guess what happened to it? The sling got wrapped around the antlers, and the buck took off with it. Oh, oh my. So for two months, he put out ads, reward for his 30 on six. He never did find it. Oh, my. So he was trying to fight the buck off of him. So because the buck attacked him. So, yeah. Yeah, don't put that stuff. Probably some of the locals that might have been out hunting might have found that. Probably. Yeah. So Blazer says pig out is sweet, fruity, berry, and molasses. Interesting. Well, whatever it is, Grizzly's getting them some. So, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. And then smear them down with, with peanut butter as well. Oh, that, that's Brian Barber. I told him I'm doing that to him when I come up to Michigan. He he I thought I was gonna give him a heart attack that night when he was talking. So yeah. 
Uh, Dalton says, uh, I sprayed doe urine on uh, on a squirrel this year, so I'll leave the scent around. That's that's mm. awful. It's pretty smart, though. <laughs> it is smart, because then it goes <laughs> running around. Spreads Look, he was, he was laughing, couldn't even type <laughs> doe. <laughs> I love that. So I sent a picture to Brian Barber. If you go on your phone and type in peanut butter and your gifts, <laughs> it'll show a guy covering peanut butter. Just oh, no. covered, and I sent that to Brown Barber. I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do to you when I come to Michigan. I thought he was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have sent him that. So no, mm. Brian. It said, may have been him. I was seeing that someone was talking about uh, going into uh, maybe a Walmart parking lot when there was supposed to be some problems, and uh, he was gonna sit there and uh, rub peanut butter on the cars around him and see yeah. if they could gather anything. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That might be. Oh, maybe I do it. <laughs> I said I was going to do that in uh, that state. Remember, I, I was going to go. If we can find out that Bigfoot attacks cars, I said I was going to travel out there where Brian's friend was, and I was going to go to Walmart and put peanut butter all over cars. <laughs> Remember on that show? <laughs> and I've got, a, I've got a, I've got somebody out there. They're like, they, they hit me up. And they're like, I'm boots on the ground. I got a membership at Costco. We'll go get crunchy peanut butter. I'm like, they don't like crunchy. They're like, how yeah. do you know? And I'm like, brown barber. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. They're shutting down the interstate saying you can't go that way. There's Bigfoot. So yeah. if we can validate this story and uh, I will go out there and I'll camp. Yeah, they said not to sleep in your cars because Bigfoot will attack your cars. You got to go down by the local Walmart underneath the street. Yeah. Lights. That's the Where? one I had seen that on where they had shut the, the street down yeah. and, and someone was telling them to go park somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Where was that at, guys? Uh, Brian, was that Minnesota or uh, Billings, oh, Billings, Montana? Montana. Oh, yeah. Kidding. So, Whoa. But if we can validate and we can call out there and we get some gas stations, we're like, yeah, we got problems. I'm going to drive out there and hang out there for a week. Wow. So that's closer to your neck. Gonna, it is. It is. Yeah. Wow. It's going to help me out. So. Wow. That's interesting. Rebecca, did that work? Rebecca said we put fox urine in. Yeah. Fox urine works. Keep the yeah. mice out. It's. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But uh, there's other things that people use. I'm not going to say on the show, but uh, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff. Now, now Darren State, I'm sorry if you ever watch this show. He's a he's a police officer. Uh, I used to own a gun shop, and we sold a lot of attractive. Remember that buck bomb and an aerosol can, Dan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he left his window down in his cruiser. Oh, no. Oh, and you threw it in there? Oh, gosh. That <laughs> must have been nice. You are me. Oh, no. <laughs> it was 103 out. Oh, my gosh. It stays uh, his, with you. His chief, I ain't gonna mention his chief, uh, he was not happy with me. <laughs> this this so. is why your mother is worried that somebody's gonna hurt you in the camp. She <laughs> said murder. I'm like, what the hell? Well, I don't want to say it, but so. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? Like, you don't know him, do you? How well do you know him? I'm like, what? Oh my lord. She's like, yeah, but you're <laughs> you've got a Brian. History. Let me tell you something. We used to set up. Darren State, I never, I never forget this. I played a joke on him because he used to set out front in my gun shop and run radar. He used to be 25. And one of my buddies came in, and I'm like, dude, where'd you park your car? And he's like, around back. Why? I was like, give me the keys. 
So I drove around back and I turned a left instead of a right. And Darren was out front. So I turned and went down Main Street and I got up and I damn near wrecked this guy's car. I got to 70 in a 25. And Darren almost hit a telephone pole coming out. And I took off. Well, here he comes. Well, I pulled over. He gets out. He's mad. I take off. He runs back. He chases me. I stop. He gets out. I take off again. Oh, that was a bad mistake, man. He called the Calvary. Oh, my God. He's ordering me out at gunpoint on Main oh Street. Oh I'm my. laughing so hard. I, I can't see. I'm cramping. I fall out of the car. Everybody's like filming. Like, what the hell's going on? Look at this. He is so mad. He starts writing all these tickets, and he calls a tow truck. I'm like, dude, are you... I'm like, dude, I'm what I gotta tell my chief. He's like, you're going to jail. I'm like, oh no. No, he got me real good. He wrote me a bunch of citations and they're all fake. He didn't turn them in, but still. Yeah, I was panicking then. I was like, man, my career's over, all this other stuff, man. I'm going to jail. So we went back to gun store and he's like, man, where have you been? I'm like, dude, I'm like, see these citations? They're yours. He's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> back then we could do stuff like that, but not, oh, not yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. Even though he was yeah. bad, he still had a sense of humor. Oh yeah. <laughs> man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he got me good. Cause I really thought I was going to jail. I really did. Especially <laughs> when the tow truck came. I was like, oh man, you really? He's like, yeah, right, 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 right. But yeah, it, it, he did. He did me good. I never did that stunt again. Mm -mm. <laughs> I was in another county too. That's what was really bad. Oh yeah, mm. You're pushing your luck there. Yeah. Oh yeah. No oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, but Dan, I, I'm glad you came on the show, and thank yes. you so much. Thank you. Well, Dan. you're quite welcome. I have I have one more little one more little tidbit to share oh, with you. That yeah. it, it's uh it's it's very short. It's something for, for everyone to think about, especially the turkey hunters. And then I'm sure that, uh, and I thought I hunted turkey quite a bit, but this particular thing, the avid turkey hunter will better be able to answer this than what I can. I'm deer hunting. Same area that we did in the latter years when my dad was living. So I'm about halfway up a ridge. I'm facing up, up, uphill that the down to the bottom of the valley was probably 75 yards, but it was sloping more so than where I was sitting. Same ladder stand I was in over behind the levee here when I had my encounter, but mid morning, as I was going down into the woods, it was so dark that I got about halfway down where I thought my stand was, I sat down. Pull my gloves because I'm going to stop rest for a while because it's still a pretty good walk. Took my gloves off and put my hands on the ground beside me to lean back on the tree. The ground was warm. But I bumped deer up off a of bed and I never heard them run. Okay, I blew that. I, you know, I'm deer hunting, so okay. So I let it get a little lighter and I make it down to my stand, get up on it. Morning wind comes up, it's blowing down in my face, back down behind a tree, obviously, and I'm hunting upward. Sitting there long enough to start getting really tired, 
and I'm not strapped in or anything, but again, 10 feet high, you need to stay, stay awake, don't fall off that. But I start hearing something way back down that bottom, you know, 75 yards away, a footstep of any kind in, a, in that deep fall, foliage falling on the ground. It's gonna be pretty loud, but it got to be crunch, 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 crunch. Like a man, yeah, bipedal, a man walking methodically up a hill, still hunting around and looking, but it's coming straight up behind my tree. I think somebody's going to walk up on me. I'm not going to let this happen, but okay, I can swing around. I can shoot this way. Of course, I'm not going to shoot a guy, but uh, whatever's coming up behind me, it's got me kind of a little worried by this time. I'm trying to look around the left side. I'm not seeing anything not taking the gun around, but I'm, I'm trying to get a look, nothing. Go back around to the other side. I'm seeing nothing. But then every so often I hear this crunch, crunch, crunch and stop loud. Just like any of us climbing up a hill, walk a little bit, stop a little bit, look a little bit. Then it got to be six or eight steps at a time coming straight, not feeding or anything else. And it's up close to the tree by then. Maybe I'm guessing within 20 yards of the tree by then. It's getting louder and louder as it starts moving, but it's moving slower as it, it nears my tree. By this time, I could tell it's coming around my right side. Wrong side for me because I, I'm, I'm a right-handed shooter. So I, I could one-handed shoot, but now, so I just sit there and stay still. Keep looking. I've seen nothing. So I am, it's laid my head back. I had been so intense for so long with this thing coming at me. I thought if it's a guy, he had said something by now. But all of a sudden, the footsteps changed from the heavy thuds to turkey. It was one lone gobbler. So my thing is this, my, my question to the world here, was it a turkey all the way up uh -huh. or might something have shape-shifted from being what it was into a turkey and then come on around me? Does that one lone gobbler run by itself during deer season? I don't know, but it did that time. But coming up behind me, it sounded heavy and methodical enough with the walking and all that it sounded like man. Mm. But when it when it when I finally got it into my vision, it was a turkey. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's interesting. That's as extreme. That's as extreme as I could get. But that was another questionable. That was the last of the questionable points mm -hmm. I could give you with with myself. We have heard. Of things like that happening. So Henry said I'm something. Uh, Henry is in the chat said something. It had a turkey and let it go. Oh, well, that's a that's a good point too. It's a yeah. possibility. It could have been anything. I didn't I didn't see it, but I heard it, and it was definitely something bipedal. Of course, mm -hmm. a turkey only has two legs, so there you go. And you heard that the. The difference in the footstep, like you said. Oh, it was, yeah, it, it yeah, was, different. It was definitely different. It was different. 
between a man walking and a turkey, it went from mm -hmm. being heavy, heavy footfall to yeah. a turkey chat chattering along as it walked. Wow. You know, you typically hear a turkey, they may, they may take a single step at a time or two or three, but it'll be, you hear wow. just the, the grass crunch more so than a thud, thud, thud as they walk. Did the turkey now seem it, like it, it was running away? You know, oh, no, it, no, it stood, it stood right down beside my stand and, and fed for a few seconds and then move on up, feed a little bit more. It was in no hurry and it just kept on its way right up. There was no trail back out in that area, but it just headed on back up and across that up, up the top of the hill, which was maybe 200 yards. There was an old logged road there and then just all cut over brush, which was all clear cut from years and years ago, heavy stuff up there. So I don't know if it was traveling back to a flock or what, but I just typically never saw a gobbler running that far out on their own. And that doesn't sound then like something that would have been just had been, you know, had if, if, a, if a if a Sasquatch was holding on to it and let it, you know, and it let it go. It, I think it would have took off. Yeah. It would have just stood there and yeah. had, wow, that's. No, yeah, I'm not trying to suggest that I believe in shape shifting or anything. I just, I'm just saying that I heard something that was one yep. way. And then when I, when it visualized, it was totally something different. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. definitely some strangeness to the story, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Cause that is something yeah. that, you know, a, a lot of people wouldn't even want to do. So thank you for telling us that. Cause it yeah, definitely. You're quite welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well thank you all so much for for spend this time oh, with me. I appreciate you listening you, to me. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks, have Dan. A appreciate Everybody you coming on. Take care. Take care, everybody. everybody. Have All a right. great night. Great story. It's a grizzly. Should we get out of here? No. We're gonna watch and listen. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, ship, should we run? <laughs> no. Action. It's a grizzly. Oh, shit. Should we run? <laughs> okay. It's a grizzly. Are you sure it's not Jim Monk? <laughs> No, I'm out of here.
It's a grizzly. Huh. Maybe it is a chipmunk. It's a grizzly. Oh, Are we gonna die? I don't know. We're just gonna sit here and listen and watch. Let's get out of here, maybe. <laughs> Fall!